Israel is a land of diverse cultures, religions, foods, music and people. Join Benji Shulman for the next hour as he explores the devout and divine, the off the wall and outrageous and everything in between. Right here on 101.9 High FM. Mahalia, uh, welcome to the show. Let's maybe start with you. You know, you're actually uh, a South African Jew by choice, kind of, right? <laughs> you uh, got schlepped here from somewhere pleasant in the United States. Uh, and uh, so, so you see things a little bit differently. Uh, what are the kinds of things that you have been seeing uh, in, in the community? What, what sort of things are worrying you? Thanks, Veggie, and thanks for having me in the studio this morning. Um, yes, um, I would say I'm a South African by choice, um, originally from the United States. Um, I actually um, grew up in Israel as well. So I think the perspective of an outsider has been um, fascinating, you know, uh, sort of an anthropological um, bird's eye view on on sort of the community over the past 10 years. Um, and when I first moved here, Zuma had just been um, elected. And, you know, nine years into the Zuma, um, the Zuma reign, um, I learned a lot about South Africa, um, its politics, the Jewish community, and I've seen a progression of um, a quite large, proud, and um, powerful Jewish community, you know, united um, to what we sort of have in front of us today, which is a, I would say, a community in crisis um, because of the various uh, stresses that, you know, we are dealing with domestically and also from a global scale. And I think we're living in an era of uncertainty today. I think we all are. Um, and I think, you know, what the community is missing are, you know, safe spaces to open up these types of conversations. Um, you know, you framed the conversation, you know, like it's clear that a lot of people are leaving and a lot of people are scared right now about their future and then you have to be positive but I think you know those are two extremes and I think um, what could be helpful for our community today um, is to come together and be inclusive of each other and be compassionate you know to what we're all experiencing whether it's climate trauma or you know economic um uncertainty. Um, you know, I visited Yad Aharon um, last week, actually the Friday before Limud, and I sort of interviewed a volunteer. And she said there are five new families applying for Yad Aharon every week. Um, and she said a friend of hers had come in to Yad Aharon and was so ashamed that she saw her. And the volunteer said to her friend, look, it could be me standing here in the line tomorrow. So I think we're we're walking on eggshells right now, um, and if our leaders, whatever that means, of the community aren't aren't willing and able to have this productive discomfort conversation, it's up to us, the lay leadership. This is the new Blue Review with Benji Shulman. We're back on 101.9 Chai FM, talking about the community issues facing community, and we would love you to be part of the conversation. 061-895-1019, 061-895-1019. is the telegram number. Please uh, send it to us. You can also SMS us on 34519. We want to hear about your ideas. What are the problems that you're seeing in the community? What are some of the solutions? And where can each of us have an impact? Uh, Aaron, uh, we kind of lost you uh, there. I, I am going to get back to Mahalia on the idea of resilience, but you were just explaining about the Cape Town community and some of the differences. 
Yes, uh, Benji, so thanks for reconnecting. Um, as I said, I, I view us as a, as one community, even though yes, we are diverse, but I mean, even in one family, you have so much diversity. Um, so if you zoom out, you know, we're, we're a community of, of Jews at the bottom tip of Africa trying our best, um, to, to stay together and stay here. I certainly don't want my kids to have to flee this country because, you know, our ancestors had to flee their countries to come here. Um, and, for me, the, the, the core of our challenge um, is the tension between preservation and innovation. Um, you know, for, for many, many years, people have thought of the, the reason why Jewish people and, and Judaism is still alive and um, exists today is because of preservation, because we preserved our ways for so long. At the same time, the only reason why we're here is because we have innovated. We have constantly innovated throughout history. Um, and so we actually are in a time where we are needing innovation as well as preservation. And at the moment, it seems like there are people who believe in preservation who are threatened by innovation. And then there are other people who are desperately needing innovation who feel very frustrated by preservation. So there's that tension and we have to find a way to bring them together. And I suppose that's, that's currently for me our biggest challenge. I mean, I'll tell you one of the things, just as you talk about that tension and, and also some of the differences in the community that I think particularly here up here in Joburg is something that we could learn quite a lot from. You know, the, one of the things about Cape Town, and you actually find it in a number of Jewish communities around the world, is that you, is that you guys have a centralized fundraising arm for everything, right? The community is very organized. Uh, the Jews are all on a central database. You can literally get every person who affiliates as a Jew in Cape Town. You can get their email address, their number, uh, and, and then it sort of filters up into a sort of more central committee. And I actually think that that, uh, you know, there, there's obviously always advantages and disadvantages to centralization. But, but for me, that's quite interesting. Uh, that they've managed to to achieve that in Cape Town because it's not something that Joburg has ever done. And I think it already creates a, a sort of solid base where you can then uh, get support for innovative uh, projects and, and new ideas because, you know, people already have those those core things settled. And for me, that's one of the things where, uh, you know, it, it's not that when you talk about innovation, we need something brand new. It's, it's sometimes we just need to learn about what's uh, already working methodologies. Yeah, 100%. I think, I mean, we are very lucky in Cape Town that, um, you know, about 30 years ago, our community leaders sat around and, and saw the need for a more cohesive structure. Um, at the same time, you know, we, we have been taking that for granted for quite a long time. And so there, there's a lot missing. I mean, we do have a lot. Um, at the same time, there are some, some really key things missing. But I do, I do agree with Michalia that the challenges that we're facing, there are some unique challenges being a Jewish community in South Africa. Um, but at the same time, there, the challenges that are being faced around the world, um, I've been to a few communities internationally over the past year or two and have been faced with very similar challenges. Um, what I found very interesting is that there are five different definitions of community. We use this word community so often. But actually, um, there are five different things that can make up a community. Either it's a group of people who live in the same geographical location, or it's a group of people who have the same past, the same history, or the group of people who have the same interests, or a group of people who have the same values, or a group of people who have the same vision. So looking forward. And 
if you if you zoom out and look at our community, we you know we live in the same geographical location, South Africa. Um, we have a very similar history, um, both the, the long history and the more recent history of, of the South African Jewish community. But in terms of um, in terms of interests, our interests are very broad, um, incredibly broad. You know, we're a very diverse um, community in that sense. We also have very different values. Uh, we do have like some intrinsic values that that we that we should be living by and that we do believe in uh, in theory. But but we don't necessarily all live by these values. So we, I wouldn't say we're, we're joined by common values as much as we we should be or would like to be. And the biggest one for me that's missing is is vision. Is what is what is our vision as a community for our future here in South Africa? Yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, you know that's a, a huge issue, which is not made any easier by the fact that I think as South Africans in general, sometimes that vision is not. Uh, I think completely certain. Uh, let's talk about some of those challenges, though, quickly, Aaron, while we've got you on. Uh, what are the kinds of things that you're seeing that you're picking up at Launchpad? Maybe explain to us what that initiative is all about uh, and what you're trying to achieve with it as well while, you, while you're at it. Sure. So Launchpad was started in, in Melbourne, in Australia, um, about six years ago. Um, and it came out of a initiative called ROI, which is run by the Schusterman Foundation. Um, every year they bring together 150 young Jewish artists, activists, entrepreneurs, and innovators um, to Jerusalem for five days. And I was lucky enough to be there um, four years ago in 2015. And I then met uh, the community from Melbourne, who are made up of many ex-South Africans, as we know. Um, in fact, they, they actually credit the South African Jewish community for keeping Kashrut and the Jewish schools alive and thriving in Melbourne. Um, and they just recognize that there's a need for localized innovation in the community. So they started Launchpad, and we brought it to South Africa um, four years ago. And essentially, it's an opportunity for a group of diverse young people to come together and look at what is missing for our generation. Um, when I say our generation, I speak, I speak for you know between 20 to 50-year-olds. Um, and largely, I mean, the, that's the age that people are seeming to be disengaged and rapidly disengaging from community um, interactions. And so Launchpad is an opportunity to look at what's missing, what kind of community we're wanting to build for our future, and then actually giving the, the spaces to, for people to collaborate and build initiatives and um, not necessarily organizations and committees and all that, but just to create, as Michalia said, spaces where conversations can happen and collaboration can happen. And sometimes it's creating something brand new. Sometimes it's taking something really old and bringing it back and making it alive again. So uh, what kind of, uh, what kind of examples can you give us of ideas that uh, these young people have had, uh, that have come out that have been interesting or, or, or what they've managed to recycle or something in the community and made it new? Uh, are there, are there any nice learnings that you can share with us? Um, Benji, there are many. Um, I've been sworn to secrecy though because I'm not allowed to, <laughs> allowed to divulge the ideas until they've been launched and there are a lot of different things that are currently in incubation phase. Um, but fundamentally, we're needing to give um, a space for innovation. That's essentially the challenge that we're facing is that we, I think the older generation are very threatened by innovation because they feel like that might disrupt the things that we have preserved. 
But uh, at this at this moment in time, at this point in time, we are needing both. We are needing to preserve and we are needing to innovate. Um, and those two can be very intertwined and interdependent, I believe. Now, Michalia, uh, I want to talk about this issue of 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 resilience, right? This idea of building in shock absorbers to the community. Maybe explain to us a little bit where does this idea of resilience, community building, come from, uh, and maybe give us some context uh, into into that process. Sure, I, I'm happy to speak a bit about community resilience. I mean, I think I first heard the actual term and went through a training a year ago um, when I participated in the Nahum Goldman Fellowship in Cape Town, where um, a cohort of South African Jewish lay leaders were brought together. Um, and we went through a community resilience training. Uh, the Jewish Joint Distribution Committee, um, the JDC, uh, brought in a facilitator, David Gidron from Israel, and he led all of us through... Um, you know, what is community resilience and, and can we, and, and we actually mapped our community and looked at the gaps and discussed how to fill them. Um, I think a big takeaway for us, um, was, you know, what the cohort was, the feedback was that there was a lack of transparency in quote unquote the community and how the community operates and makes decisions, um, and engages with the different, um, communities in the community in their leadership. Um, I think what we've seen now um, in the past few weeks is that, um, especially in the Johannesburg Jewish community, we've seen more transparency um, in what's actually happening on the ground. Um, and that's allowing us to then engage. So I think the first um, real important piece of community resilience is to be able to understand the mechanisms of, of the community and how the community operates and then for the community structures to widen to include more voices, um, especially of the millennial generation, uh, which is, you know, who participate in the resilience uh, training. Um, community resilience is all about ha what happens during a crisis, whether that crisis be a natural disaster, um, an economic um, meltdown, political crises, um, mass exodus, uh, spiritual crises, um, and we're actually as a community facing all of those at the same time. Um, and resilience really is around enabling all of us as members of the community to be able to lead um, courageously in these unchartered times of um, accelerated change and uncertainty. And we need new tools to lead. We don't have those tools necessarily. And I think that's also what we're seeing. We're seeing the collapse of um, the institutions that were providing leadership. And we're seeing an exodus to a more certain country, which is Israel. Um, and, you know, those of us who are still here <laughs> are grappling with, well, what's our purpose? How do we lead ourselves through this new time? And, and what is our relationship to this country? Um, what is our role to play as a community in South Africa and the larger African continent? Yeah, it's very interesting because this thing kind of works on multiple levels, right? It's, you know, the, you can have a, a big discussion about, uh, you know, the big institutions and who is doing what. Uh, but it was quite interesting for me that uh, uh, the, the, the Sydenham Shul uh, recently had their biggest AGM. Now, this is a shul that's more than 70 years old, uh, 
you know, it's it's a very old shul in the community, and they had their biggest AGM yet. And the reason that they did was because they had put out a survey uh, to all the different uh, uh, community institutions, uh, not community institutions, but their own uh, members, and actually were asking them, you know, what do you, how you connect to the shul? How do you, um, uh, how how do you feel? What's right? What's wrong? You know, all this kind of stuff. And and then people had to come to the AGM, which is normally like a, a sort of stuffy formal thing where you put the financials on the table and then carry on. But but they realized that you know th- there was some challenges inside the shul, and they wanted to actually address them by doing the survey and trying to figure out w- what's going on. And and I think that that's uh, it's a good example of where some of the institutions are sitting. That people are starting to say, well, you know. Uh, what role do we play as this particular institution and what solution are we still providing? You know, a mm. uh, hundred years ago we had uh, something called Landsmannschaft, I think they were called, in the community. And those were basically uh, organizations for people that came from a specific shtetl in Lithuania or Poland or wherever it was that they came from. Eventually they disappeared because people became kind of more South African and, and they weren't connected so much. So I, I think that you can actually see an evolution in our community of uh, organizations sometimes that are no longer needed or have to reinvent their mandate so that they're providing leadership on, on new challenges that, that are coming up. And, and I think we're starting to see a lot of that across the board um, and sort of regardless of, of the institution. Well, I, I mean, I would hope so. Um, I think that that is the critical um, trend that needs to be um, continued, and I want to commend the Sidm Shul for being brave and courageous enough to open up a platform for their membership to say, how are you guys <coughs> doing? What's happening? Um, how can we connect in this space? Um, I think if institutions could become more inclusive and, and let in voices of the people and not just you know, continue in a top-down mandate, um, I think institutions might be able to survive these times. Um, I Can I just jump in there as well for a yeah. second? Um, um, I do feel like it's it's time for our generation, the the so-called you know disengaged youth, and even though Michalia and I are you know not at the very bottom of that of that age bracket, um, you know I think that we we fundamentally have two positions. We most of us are either taking for granted the structures and leadership that we have in place in our community um, and just saying, okay, well, don't worry, they'll take care of it because they always have. Um, or we're frustrated and looking for something that we can't find in the community space um, and looking for it elsewhere and sort of distancing ourselves. And I would challenge um, anyone, you know, between the age of 18 to 50 who is feeling either of those two things to actually realize, firstly, it's our responsibility to create the community we want, we want to be part of and we want to see. Um, and if you are frustrated, then step up and use that energy to create something new, create something for yourself, for your peer group, for your family, for your children, um, what, whatever you feel like is missing. We have to make that um, because that's what our our the previous generations did. You know, so that's for me. That's what innovation is. It's just about recognizing. Where is there an opportunity for something new and new energy to come? Um, and whether that's just inward looking at the Jewish community or whether it's looking at how the Jewish community interacts and impacts South African, broader South African community, because we have so much to offer. Um, and for me personally, I'm feeling 
incredibly hopeful about our future as a country and as a community, but it really does depend on, on our generation stepping up and really getting involved and engaged with whatever we are passionate about. You're listening to 101.9 Hi FM. I'm Benji Shulman, and this is the new Blue Review. Uh, if you want to be part of the conversation, how do you want to see our community improve? You can telegram us on 0618951019, or you can SMS us on 34519. We're speaking to Aaron Tourist Schwartz from Cape Town and Michalia Skullwald Moss from uh, Joburg. Uh, and, um, and they're talking to us today, uh, about that. I mean, Michale, one of the things I want to ask you, you know, I think part of the problem is some of the techniques that we've always been able to rely on, uh, to, to organize are, are, have been obsolete. You know, I, I think about the idea of debit orders, that you used to pay a debit order to a community institution and that was a way of getting money into the community. Or the idea of an AGM, right? Uh, where people could go and vote and everyone is in a hall and they have an argument. And a lot of these sorts of things have been superseded by some of the things that we run today like crowdfunding or uh, polls on Twitter or whatever. So so a lot of the technologies, it's, it's a little bit like we're sometimes trying to run the community on a fax machine, but we have to, we have to be using a smartphone. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think disruptive technologies have indeed taken the, um, the, the usual ways of, of, of community engagement to a different level. Um, I mean, I remember 20 years ago, um, working alongside the, the Federation in New York, um, one of the biggest issues facing the Jewish community at that time and still today um, is how to engage the next gen. Mm-hmm. So um, intergenerational transfer and, and really the, the, the agenda there being how do we um, ensure that there is financial security and sustainability when it comes to um, funding the community institutions. And then we see the trend of, you know, all over the world, really, um, of millennial Jews um, not wanting to engage in, in Jewish community institutions and instead wanting, if they are philanthropic, to allocate to uh, museums or, you know, other initiatives, crowdfunding um, or impact investing or venture philanthropy. Um, and, and it's not as sexy, if I can say, to fund um, a federation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what we're seeing in South Africa, however, is, you know, a, an immigration of, of people who who were philanthropic. Um, and the trend is when, you know, they get to their new communities, um, they start giving there. So the funding doesn't remain here. Um, and, and that's a huge issue. I, I actually want to come back and talk about that uh, in a few minutes later. I want to talk about some of the strategies that we have to use to sort of deal with that uh, problem because I do think that a lot of uh, people in the community are feeling that. But we do need to take a break, so we'll be back just after this. This is the New Blue Review with Benji Shulman. We're talking about re- community resilience and uh, community engagement uh Today and uh, you know what? What are our next steps? What do we have to uh, deal with, Michele? You mentioned just before the break about uh, about this idea of of people leaving and and then when they go, they fund the community there. They don't uh, f- fund it here. I mean, Aaron, I know that uh, you've also been involved with some of that aspect, uh, the funding side, because nothing gets done without the money. Uh, eventually, uh, is that something that you guys have encountered in Cape Town? It's something that you that you've had to work on. 
Absolutely. I mean, there have been people who have been leaving, but we also actually are getting a lot of guys from Joburg coming down to Cape Town, um, which has been interesting. Um, and, but I think particularly the biggest challenge is the is just the age range. Uh, most of our donors are well over 60. Um, and as you guys were talking about, there the, we haven't yet found the mechanism for engaging um, younger donors in phil- philanthropy um, directly in, in the community space. But the, there's an interesting word, Benji. I mean, the word engagement, when I, I was just listening to you guys talking about it, and, you know, when, when two people get engaged, it's a conversation. Somebody asks somebody else, will you, you know, and then the other one says yes. So I feel like, I feel like that's really the core of engagement is there needs to be a question asked from the formal community leadership space to the disengaged community, you know, whether it's the young people or whether it's the secular people or whether whoever it is that feel like they're not engaged, will you be part of this? Will you join us or will you find new ways? There has to be a question that's asked and then there has to be the opportunity for that to be answered and actually heard um, because that's what engagement means. If, um, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think that this idea around communication and how uh, how do we uh, talk to the vi- widest variety of the community, I think, is is very important and, and one that uh, uh, that I guess even discussions like this can start to open out, uh, so that people are aware, uh, you know, that that these conversations need to happen. Anyway, Aaron, I understand that you uh, need to go. Um, so uh, thank you very much for joining us on the show and uh, keep up the good work in Cape Town. Great. Well, thanks a lot for having me. And I'm really looking forward to hearing more about, um, you know, wherever this conversation might lead. If there are people out there who are listening to the show who have ideas or thoughts or frustrations around this that, that we can use to catalyze new ideas going forward. As I said, we need innovation and preservation together um, to move forward and to survive ultimately in this beautiful place that we call home. Yeah, thanks absolutely. So maybe even go check out uh, Launchpad. Uh, I think you can find it on the internet. Uh, it's, uh, they, they do, I know they do have a bit of Facebook time for, and you can go and see come, some of the work that they're doing. Uh, Mahalia, uh, you know, we, the, we've spoken there about the, the philanthropic bit. We've spoken a bit about the, the youth bit. Uh, it's also interesting you talk about uh, the sp- a spiritual crisis. How do you figure out, uh, you know, where, where you have to go uh, as a as a community from from that that connection perspective you know uh and connecting to one another and it's one of those ones that's it's kind of hard to measure you know you you can see dollars in the bank so to speak or people pitching up at events but but figuring out you know the mood uh is is also crucial because if people are too stuck and and they and they feel depressed or hopeless it's difficult to get people involved and engaged and 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 saying all right well this is where we can make a difference. Yeah, thanks for for bringing that back into the conversation. Um, look, from my perspective, when it comes to community resilience, um, social capital is 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 all we have at the end of the day. Um, and our community, as in you know, all the individuals that make up our community, um, and all the you know, shivim panim la Torah, seventy faces of the Torah. Um, we're all so different, and we're so unique. Um, and we're all on a journey and we're all struggling. And, um, I think, you know, as a, as a, 
as an outsider um, from, you know, I grew up in California, and in California you ask someone, how are you doing? And they tell you for 20 minutes what's happening on their journey. And here in South Africa, um, you know, I felt I felt a bit like, you know, sometimes I'm in the Truman Show. When you ask someone how they're doing, they say, fine, <laughs> how are you, Baruch Hashem? And they're obviously, like, struggling with something, but it's it's not okay to let that out. It's not okay to share. It's 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 a cultural faux pas um, because of the you know conservative nature of South African society and and the impact you know the influence of Calvinism and you know I've I've studied I've I've tried to figure out why it's like that, but but I'm really concerned about this particular point of of the spiritual and emotional well-being of our community. Um, I'm seeing a lot of people struggling to the point where they're not swimming anymore. They, they've, they've gone under um, in many different ways. And I'm also seeing the communities not able to engage with the sort of emotional and mental crises that are happening right now, um, because it is also a cultural faux pas and taboo. Um, and, you know, the definition of community that I think is very empowering and that maybe we could take on as a community is, you know, creating a community where wherever you're at on your own journey is supported and applauded. And, you know, it's, it's, it's okay to have a breakdown because after a breakdown, you know, it's not, you know, there's, you have to get back up, right? We, we, that's how we need to be for each other. We have to, we have to help support each other right now through, through this community crisis. Um, and, you know, I'm not seeing enough um, of the formal, <clears throat> excuse me, leadership addressing this need, and it's concerning. Well, one of, one of the things which I think is actually fascinating uh, that you're picking up there is is that on this very radio station just last week or the week before, they actually launched a a sort of helpline uh, where people can phone, and uh, you know, there's someone on the other side who can listen and. Uh, and, and maybe assist or, or maybe just talk. And it used to be actually something that radio stations did. And then, I don't know, maybe because of technology or it was too expensive or whatever, uh, it dissipated. But I'm, I'm interested to see how something like that, uh, uh, you know, starts to evolve. Because I actually think one of the, the crazy things about a community is that the structures are there to help. It's not as if it's an uncaring community or or the people that are at the top are not – uh, are not doing things, but sometimes people just don't know how to access it, right? You don't have the key to say, oh, well, you know, there's, I need counseling or there's a financial thing or whatever it is. But, but how do you go from that point to saying, okay, I need to access that? And, and obviously, often there is like an emotional block, you know, you, people feel shame or, or they, you know, they don't know what to do and, and that's really tough for people. So I think it's also sometimes about creating communication channels to say, look, the resources are out there. Uh, and you should uh, you should use them and 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 be welcome. And it's not uh, a faux pas, as you say, to to say I need help on a certain thing. And and how do we how do we access that? Anyway, we're talking about community, about creating community uh, in in difficult times, uh, all of these kind of issues. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back just after this. This is the new Blue Review with Benji Schulman. You're back with 101.9 High FM. I'm Benji Shulman. We've been talking about the community today and, and what do we do to strengthen it. And I think actually that 
you're going to start seeing this discussion being played out more and more. Uh, I actually happened to, to bump into a community professional the other day who said that, uh, you know, they have an organizational gathering coming up and it's going to be very focused on this issue, whereas normally they would be talking about, uh, call it politics or economics or whatever. This is going to be a very much uh, a focus. So I think that we, we're going to have to have start having this conversation and figure out where it is we're going across all platforms on these radio shows, in newspapers, uh, in community, uh, sort of engagement. So I think watch out. But, Mahalia, I'd be interested to find out from you, you know, you've kind of alluded to some of the spaces where this has maybe been happening on an informal level where people are starting to get out. I'd like to hear what is out there so people can also connect if, if, if that's, you know, if they want to start the conversation. Yeah, definitely. So, um, I mean, Launchpad is an initiative that, that, um, that was born out of um, the ROI community. Um, ROI is a network of young Jewish social entrepreneurs uh, around the world. Um, it's the Lynn Schusterman Foundation who supports this initiative. It's it's a magnificent experience where you come together with the the most disruptive Jewish lay leaders around the world and make these amazing connections and have conversations and realize you're not alone in the diaspora and you know the the issues you're facing in South Africa are the same issues that Mexican Jews are facing um a colleague of mine who was actually on your show a couple of weeks ago Miriam from Mexico um Cadena um she was sharing with me that um you know the Mexican Jewish community is in a similar crisis and i th- i found it fascinating to have this conversation with her because we can learn a lot from each other so you know there are these global networks that you can tap into um and resource Sources, um, and there are members of every community that are um, connected to these international networks. So, so that's Launchpad, the ROI community, um, the Nachum Goldman Fellowship um, is is an extraordinary initiative, um, which brings this conversation all over the world um, to young Jews. Um, what does it mean to be Jewish in in the 21st century, and how can we empower your community and bring resilience to your leadership? Um, you know, and, and I would say that, um, really the only space that provides that here in South Africa, that's, um, a locally led in- initiative is Limud. And, and interestingly enough, um, Benji, you mentioned that this year's AGM at Sindemschul was the largest ever. Um, uh, you know, the, the incredible piece about Limud this year, uh, that just happened last weekend here in Johannesburg and it's happening in Cape Town on Sunday. Um, is that it was the largest Limud ever. And, um, you know, when I first went to Limud the first year that I came here 10 years ago, everyone, all the participants were, were seniors. Um, and there, there was, there were very few young people. And, and this year, the entire Limud, the energy of Limud, it was the youth. And you know what? There were kids from Torah Academy, Yeshiva, King David, and, and they get to be curious. That is a, a space that really, enables curiosity and disruptive innovation and, and, and disruptive thinking. And, you know, I have to thank the chief rabbi for um, um, putting all the, you know, putting Limud on such a pedestal because it, it allowed us to really bring in the people in the community who actually want to have an innovative conversation. Well, we're going to leave it there for today because we are out of time. Thank you so much, Michalia, for being on the show. Uh, thank you to everyone who helped put the show together. Uh, Mandy, who does the production, Lucy's on the sound, uh, and Craig, who pushes all the big red buttons. Uh, Kathy is not well. 
this week. So I'm actually going uh, to be standing in on the afternoon drive. So uh, I will see you again at 4 o'clock.